Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's the Autosport Podcast Game Review Special. We take a look at F1 2017 out this week. It's that time of year again, F1 2017, the latest edition of the Grand Prix gaming series is about to hit the shelves, release date August the 25th. My name is Ed Straw, the editor-in-chief of Autosport, and joining me to review the game is Glenn Freeman, editor of Autosport.com. So Glenn, obviously Codemasters has been producing this game for a good few years now. What's new? Is this a big step forward? Is it worth getting? Tell us all about it. Yeah, there's a surprising amount that's new actually. Um, Last year's 2016 edition had quite a lot of new features the career mode was back and it was bigger and better than ever and I think there was a bit of a concern of where do you go from here particularly that given the fact that F1 places some limitations on Codemasters so we're not going to get driver transfers and that sort of thing at the moment but the career mode has been expanded uh, to a massive degree Uh, the, the the development race between the teams which was the big feature of 2016 has been expanded um by, by fourfold I think uh, you know you, you could do maybe 20 25 upgrades on the car before now you can do over 100 so massive massive changes there which we'll get into in more detail 
later. But we've got additional game modes now. Classic cars are back. They've only appeared once before in 2013. And they're much more integrated into the game this time. You know, they're part of the career mode. They're, they're part of the new championships mode. And that's a great new feature we've got where there's different series types and different kinds of races and just, uh, just a lot more variety this time. So credit to Codemasters. They've plugged quite a lot of new gameplay into into the 2017 title. And and they've upgraded lots of areas of, around the actual driving of the cars as well. And that's that's quite good given that we've got the new 2017 cars which are bigger faster and better than ever you could say so i think they've done a really good job and of course ed you've just played it for the first time actually before we're recording this what are your first impressions well i don't have anything like the mileage you had i just threw myself into practice had a terrible practice performance and then a fairly competent race to a point in, at the Red Bull Ring as Valtteri Bottas, obviously on the hardest possible difficulty level. I'm sure that wasn't uh, that wasn't set to a far easier level. The thing for me with racing games, F1 games in particular, that I'm always looking for is, is the handling. And I guess the way to put it is almost more the feel of the weight of that car, that it's not kind of a floaty car or the floaty front end of a car. You want to feel like there's a rear there. You want to feel like the car is a fully realised three-dimensional thing. And maybe in the past that's been an area of the Codemasters series that hasn't really chimed with me. F1 2016, I did play a reasonable amount, but it didn't ever completely draw me in. And sometimes it felt like a bit of a chore to kind of do the mileage and and that. But even though I've only had a brief go on this, it does feel like quite a good step to me. The car feels much more there, much more present, if you like, and you can get the rear working a little bit. But it does feel like something that I can sit down, get on top of, actually master without getting too frustrated so it doesn't become a a chore if you see what i mean yeah the big thing they focused on for this this year obviously they wanted to replicate the the improved feeling of the 2017 cars because that they're faster the drivers say they are better to drive but they're also more challenging so co-masters have focused a lot on that but much like we hear from so many racing game developers the gains in terms of handling come from improving your tire model so a lot of the changes we're feeling this year and not actually really because of the new aero or anything like that they have worked on the mechanical versus aero grip balance but they've done a lot with with the tire model and just the way the tires work and i think it's right what you said you want to feel like the car is is connected to the road and that's very hard to do when players are using a controller so if you're in a full-on simulator setup where you're maybe using a a model based r factor or something like that you're going to get a much more perhaps realistic progressive feel it's quite hard to convey in a game but they've, they've made a lot of changes here. I think there were some people who felt that there'd been some gameplay additions made. The AI was changed for 2015. The career came in in 2016. But were we essentially playing the same game year after year? And I don't think we are now. The car, the way the car moves around is very different. Co-Masters actually said they focused on the sensation of understeer. Really, the way, the way the car develops understeer. And you could actually say that most racing games, to them, understeer is just the car not turning when actually understeer tends to be the tyres scrubbing sideways across the track surface. You do get that sensation even through a controller, but what they've actually done on top of that is made the way the rear of the car moves quite a lot different to in the past. You can spin the car, uh, even on corner entry now, if you if you attack in the wrong way, if you do your downshifts in the wrong way, or if you leave your braking perhaps too late and you're trying to do too much too late in the corner. So I think they've made it more challenging and... For all the complaints they maybe get sometimes for being an arcade game from all these people who've never driven a Formula 1 car yet seem to know what the handling is supposed to be like, I think they've done quite a good job of pushing it more towards realism in terms of 
basic driver errors might actually be punished now in the way they would be in the real world. And yeah, it was it was fun watching you just do a few practice laps there, trying to get your head around Austria in the Mercedes, the best car. You weren't on the hardest difficulty setting, but uh, <laughs> but um, no, you could you know you had to you had to not drive it like a game. If anything, you could tell early on you're attacking too much, you're braking too late, you're just chucking it into the corner. You had to go to a more realistic style of sort of slow in, fast out, and just drive it like you would perhaps a proper racing car. I did like the fact that if you did get into a situation where you'd overcommit, had a bit of understeer, you could play with the car a little bit and. You can work it. it in the middle of the corner. It definitely. wasn't just like there was an understeer switch that came on and then you just yeah. got to wait for it to go off. Obviously, the handling of the cars is just one part of it. Probably the most important thing I would say is the racing, certainly in single-player mode. Online mode, obviously, head-to-head racing, you will naturally have different types of racing because you're racing against human opponents. But the AI side, when you're actually getting into a race, what's it like? How good is it as a representation of, of the wheel-to-wheel stuff? Yeah, what I like here is that Codemasters made a huge step with this for the 2015 game, relatively left it alone in 2016. And then for this year, with so many other features being added to the game, I did wonder if they would just leave that side of things alone, the AI. But they've done a lot of work there as well. They've they've reworked the difficulty system, so we have a slider now. It basically goes from 0 to 110% rather than the seven preset difficulties they had before. And the AI race you really in a completely different way now and it's it's brilliant and the harder the difficulty is the closer they're going to race you and sometimes you do think that they're going to run you off the road and they they don't quite they're they're quite good at leaving a car's width they had definitely have developed some driver characters as well so I was doing um, a reverse grid race which we'll come on to later explaining why that's in the game this time and I ended up near the back of the grid with Max Verstappen just ahead of me in Austria and we got to what's now turn three at the top of the hill on the first lap. And I was sort of shaping up for the classic human player against AI, lunge down the inside, outbreak as many people as you can. And then Verstappen popped out in front of me and did exactly the same thing and overtook about seven cars. So we're getting closer to, to real world characteristics from the AI cars. And that just makes it more fun. It's, it's definitely harder to overtake them now because they're going to fight you a lot more. One thing I did notice in my brief experience is that you could get away with a little bit of rubbing with other cars without sort of being catapulted in towards the scenery. I think you need a bit of creative license there as well. You know, in the real world, the drivers can maybe scuff tyres against to side pod and that sort of thing. Codemasters probably have to soften it off a little bit more because if you went for totally realistic collisions, you'd, you'd have some outrageous accidents because we're in, a, we're in a virtual game world still. And I think it actually makes the racing better if you can get away with a, maybe a little bit more than you would in a pure simulation on that front but they also have got uh, a new hardcore damage model so if people do want every little collision to result in shards of carbon flying around and that sort of thing that is in there as well so there's still an incentive to avoid those collisions but i'd say you don't pay a huge price if maybe you accidentally have one you mentioned hardcore simulation there where is this on the spectrum of arcade to, to simulation um if you asked the the most hardcore racing game fans out there, I think some of them are still quite dismissive of this title. But I think they're wrong. Uh, as, I, as I mentioned earlier, these people haven't driven or raced Formula One cars. Neither of you or I, really. I've, I've driven a couple very slowly for demonstration purposes, perhaps. But the team at Codemasters, they're made up of guys who are all the way across that spectrum. They're very casual players, and they're the, the very hardcore ones. And then perhaps 
they know that they have to sit in the middle of that. So I believe they do a better job than they get credit for in terms of the realism. And I think many people who think they know what they want don't know how a car should drive. For instance, uh, our colleague Tom Errington has been reviewing the game as well for Autosport magazine. He spoke to the guys at Codemasters and they said back when they had Anthony Davidson helping them with their early titles, he used to tell them, you're making the cars too hard to drive. A Formula One car for an accomplished driver and if you're going to get thrown into say the career mode you are going in as a driver who is ready for formula one really not a complete amateur for an accomplished driver the car is relatively easy to drive that's kind of what they're designed to do so i think people overlook that as well you know the cars should be drivable and formula one cars don't handle like road cars where you should be scrambling and to control the steering wheel in the middle of the corners and tire screeching everywhere and things like that the car's are meant really to drive around on rails and you should be just pushing the envelope a little bit rather than top gearing your way around the track and I think sometimes people overlook that. How about the the wider game experience? We talked about the handling, we talked about the racing. You mentioned the career mode briefly earlier, the the development tree I think it's called. It was interesting. I've seen a few little videos of that and it looks mind-bogglingly complicated this sort of vast web of developments and upgrades and one of the things about the career framework is how it flows and whether that element of it is actually fun because there's also all these things with engine wear and grid penalties and that kind of thing. Does that work as a thing to have in the game? I think it does. I think it's a great way to satisfy the most hardcore Formula One fans because you're looking at a multi-season career mode there. And I think last year when they brought it in, it was fantastic. But for the best players, it was possible to take, say, a Manor or a Sauber or a team like that and drag them to the front of the grid maybe within a couple of seasons the expanded development race has sort of been paired with a reduced rate of development or the chance for developments to fail. So you you are not guaranteed now just by completing enough practice sessions to be able to get any team from the back of the grid to the front very quickly. Players may have to move around teams a bit more rather than just be able to work their way up the grid by developing a car. And one of the big things you have this time is that before you had parts of the car, you would move up the development rate for that part pretty progressively there wasn't much creativity in it now with the tree that you mentioned there people can take all manner of different routes you know if you've got 115 different parts you can develop everybody can do them in a different order and you can focus on different areas of the car so I think it's going to be it's going to be really different to what we saw last time and for the the players who want the deepest game experience that's going to be incredibly rewarding I develop a fan and put it on the back of the car. That, that should be in there, shouldn't it? Yeah, outrageous additional parts. You could have a no-rules world where you could develop all sorts of interesting things. But actually, that does bring us on to the differing race formats that exist in there. Obviously, we talked about career mode, which is fairly standard in terms of full season. You can move yeah. between teams, etc. But you just showed me a menu with all sorts of different versions, many of which you have to unlock, of different formats of championship, reverse grids, GP2, well, F2, I should say now, kind of race formats. So... There does seem to be a pretty big menu available there to suit the tastes of a variety of players. The bigger and almost more intimidating the career mode becomes, perhaps the more niche it becomes. You're going to get a lot of players who may enjoy Formula One casually or racing games casually. If the main game mode, or almost the only game mode you have, requires you to devote so much time to developing your car and all these other different sessions away from racing that you have to manage, that's... That's a big commitment for players who maybe don't want that sort of gameplay. So now you've got this new championships mode, which I feel has been put in the shade a little bit by the classic cars and the expanded career mode. 
there's so many things in here. You can do championships with with the classic cars. So, that, like I say, they're not they're not a bolt on part of the game anymore. They are fully integrated into the game, and the good news is they appear to be here to stay, and we'll probably get more in the future. But yeah, these race formats are great. You can do a calendar with maybe the classic tracks for the classic cars with 10 points for a win and only the top six get points. And you've got a reverse grid championship where every race is a sprint race and it's it's a short series of short races. I think there are endurance races in there and the Formula 2 format you mentioned, I think it's very interesting that that mechanism is in there now. It's basically a, a 25% feature race and then a sprint race where the grid is reversed. And all these things, even the hardcore players are going to want to break, I think, from playing the most in-depth career mode and just have a few have a blast you know a racing game should still be fun as well as trying to replicate so much of the real world there's lots of positives there what about the negatives the big one of course is driver changes in the career mode i think everybody knows now that we can't hold that against codemasters all they can do and i've been getting this answer from them since 2010 and i got it from them last week was we will keep asking the question it's up to formula one it's actually up to the teams as well. Some of the teams have contractual terms that block that sort of thing. It's amazing though, isn't it? Because you look at some... It's like very the, short-sighted. You, well, you look at the FIFA games. You can start a career in FIFA 17 as Real Madrid and you can sign Leo Messi. Exactly. Obviously, there's huge commercial implications to that in the real world, but yeah. it's just accepted as part of it. Yep, exactly. No, I mean, FIFA is the big the big comparison there, and which is quite unfortunate for the F1 guys because I don't think... EA Sports and Codemasters are operating on quite the same budget. Uh, like I said, the support race is a very interesting one. They've they've clearly shown that they can create those formats now, and they've been given the freedom to create these race formats because in the past, in the Bernie Eccleston era, the, the instructions are very clear that the game must be only an accurate representation of the real world of Formula 1, and Codemasters do a great job of that. And things like you mentioned where grid penalties for engine replacement parts and gearboxes and that sort of thing have all come in with this game which is a fantastic addition you know barely a race weekend goes by where somebody doesn't get a grid penalty for one of those reasons it should be in the game other features that we'd like to see other than the support races and driver changes you know if you could create your own team perhaps but again these are contractually blocked and supposedly that's for reasons such as Certain engine manufacturers perhaps don't want other engines to be able to be chosen over theirs for the creator team function. So these things are, will remain on the wish list forever, I think. Um, but we've just got to hope that we're very early into a new era of Formula One ownership here. They've given Codemasters more freedom this year, obviously having come in quite late in the development process. Let's see what comes next time. When we were reviewing F1 2016 a year ago, I was sat there going, well, aside from the things they're not allowed to do, what else can they bring? And they've brought a lot to the table this time. They say they've got a whole load more ideas for 2018 and beyond. So it'll be really interesting to see what else they come up with. I mean, do you have any, is there any wish lists for you, Ed? What what would you like to see? Well, you could, you'd always want to see the classic cars expanded, wouldn't you? I'd like to be able to do a, a full season of 92 That's or 88 dream, or something like that. I appreciate there's barriers to that. Yeah, having the freedom of movement between teams, create your own junior categories maybe as well, create your junior teams, that kind of thing. There's all sorts of things that would be good to do. But I think the important thing as well, to turn this on its head rather than looking at it from the perspective of a, a, a gaming consumer, is actually, you touched on it there, the potential this has to be a, a form of evangelising for F1. Yeah. 
a lot of people's first experience of Formula One, first exposure to Formula One, could be through the game. So it's a chance really to push all the brand values, everything you want to do, and draw people into being interested in the racing because that's unquestionably something that happens now. And even something like FIFA has played a part in building up the star names and the star clubs in football in recent years. It's not purely following. It's also, in some areas, leading. And I think that's what Formula One needs to see and think, actually, do you know what? There's a lot we could do with this to, to really push it push it to the people and for the betterment of the sport. Gaming's a huge industry now and a fantastic opportunity for F1 to promote itself. Just this week as we're recording this, Formula One have announced that they're doing an esports championship and it's with Codemasters on the official game. And hopefully, yeah, this is just the tip of the iceberg and there's a lot more to come. Mention the classic cars. What are they like? Obviously, Williams FW14B from 92. The McLaren MP44, which is there for the special edition of the of the game. Williams FW18 from, from 96. Has as much effort gone into those cars and the models as to the main cars? Are you able to drive what feels like a 95 Ferrari, say? They've all got quite a different feel. You've men- mainly mentioned the older cars there, and I think they are the ones that probably appeal to maybe our generation the most, but I'm sure there's a younger generation of fans who are enjoying playing some cars from the early 2000s. What's very interesting is that there's a big spread in the performance of the cars, so I think a lot of effort has gone into trying to replicate maybe how fast that car would have been and how it felt, rather than just trying to create a grid of classic cars that can all race wheel-to-wheel with each other. For offline play, that maybe makes it quite difficult in that you do get a bit of a spread between the cars. You've got multi-class racing, so you can race the basically the 21st century cars against the 20th century cars in separate classes. I think for online play, it's going to be great, particularly if you equalise the performance of, of the cars. And I think this is a great starting point. You know, we've got 12 cars if you include the 88 McLaren, which is the, the pre-order bonus car. And the hope now is that you would imagine if those cars can remain and then let's build some more blocks on top of that and just, yeah, build that side of the game out. The one thing that I probably should say in fairness actually is that while there are differences in performance between the cars, there are events that that play up to that. So you've got pursuit events perhaps where the slowest cars have a head start and then the fastest have got to catch them. And that's another example of tailoring a game mode to suit the material that you've got available. And they are fun. Some some I find more difficult to drive than others. I've, I've enjoyed some of the 90s cars. I didn't think much of actually the 2006 Renault, which is a bit of a shame because that's one of my favourites. And I found that much more twitchy than I expected actually for, for what is quite a modern, fast F1 car. But then you've got something like the 96 Williams, which was a dominant machine for, for Hill and Villeneuve that year. And that car feels really predictable, really nicely planted. The FW14B, yeah, it is a bit more maybe rough and ready than that, but still quite predictable. So you can you can adjust your driving style to, to keep it on the road. They're good fun, and the game modes allow them to be more than a novelty now. They're included in the career mode where you get invitational events you have to go to. So I think it's a really promising addition, and they've done a much better job of it this time than they did in 2013. Overall, it sounds like F1 2017 is definitely definitely worth buying. Yeah, it's a big step forward from the previous game. I think that was the big thing. When 2016 made such a splash, it was undoubtedly one of the best-selling recent editions of the game. You know, it's been a long time since we've seen F1 games performing well in the overall gaming charts and that sort of thing. And that's huge for Codemasters because then they get... They get more investment, they can expand their team, they can make the games better every year. The big concern for me was where do you go from 2016 to 17? They've they've answered that question emphatically. There's lots of new stuff in here that does make it worth playing. 
the cars are different to drive so it's a new challenge as well not just a repainted field of of cars to drive i feel bad talking about let's see what they do for 2018 because the game's not even out yet as we record this well 17 isn't out yet as we record this and we're already so excited about what could be next but yeah to answer your question directly it's definitely worth buying there's lots of new stuff in here and it plays differently and it and then that's that's a step forward the interesting thing for me after the the promising first experience is whether it could really kind of hook me in a way that pretty much the whole series has never quite managed to do i've liked it but it's always become a bit of a chore so that'll be interesting to see whether it really draws me in in, in that way for the long term because an f1 game should really yeah especially now you can play over the course of 10 seasons the great thing the development race added last season was the ability of the performance of the cars to change so you did have a situation where different teams could move forwards and backwards so you get a different experience perhaps from season to season. I think that's quite important, particularly in the absence of driver changes. So with the career mode getting deeper and deeper, I think you could maybe get to three or four seasons in last time and you might be near the front of the grid and what else is there to achieve. Now I think it's going to take you much longer to achieve that if that's the way you want to play the game. So hopefully it does grab you in. And the other thing is, I think if you ever feel that the career mode is maybe getting getting you down a bit or it's requiring too much of your time or it's just too much of a slog just go and do the sprint race championship or go and do a reverse grid or whatever else you know there are there are many more options now to to break up the play as well and i think that will help the game stay fresh no well that's what it's about isn't it varieties and different gameplay modes etc etc so that's f1 2017 it's out august the 25th available on xbox playstation pc so on the spot glenn what's your rating out of 10 oh that's a tough question I'll give it eight and a half just because I think it's an excellent game, but I'm sure there's much more still to come and I'm, they haven't reached perfection yet. And I know they're, they're capable of bettering it. So that's it from us. Thanks very much for your time, Glenn Freeman. So before you head out to buy your copy of the game, remember to check on autosport.com for all the latest news and features from the world of F1 and the wider world of motorsport and also our plus subscriber area with all sorts of in-depth features, including Glenn's uh, in-depth review of the game if you want to have a little bit of a, a look at that. Autosport magazine is out every Thursday. I think this Thursday's issue will have a review of the game by Tom Errington, as you, as you mentioned. So thanks very much for joining us. We'll be back soon with another Autosport podcast. Music is 6am by Trilo, written by Marcus Simmons. See soundcloud.com forward slash Trilo Music.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.